Good morning, church. Good to see all of you this morning. Uh, recently, over the past, sometime in the past year or so, I started getting some random messages, uh, emails and phone calls from several of you, several people in the congregation, and, and they were saying things like, yes, Pastor Nate, I would be glad to help with that. Just tell me when I need to drop them off. I said, what are they, they talking about? And I would get another message. Oh, be happy to help. Just, just let me know uh, when you need me or where you need them. This was, I'm like, what are these people talking about? What was happening was someone was imitating me. Someone had created an email address that looked very similar to the one that I used at church, but it was off by like a letter. And they were uh, going to people in the congregation. They were emailing many of you. You might remember this. And it said something that some unnamed person was in dire need of help and that I immediately needed gift card assistance. Please come to the church office and bring gift cards. And so I started getting all these phone calls. Thankfully, many of you recognized it was a total scam. Uh, but, or if you didn't recognize that, you called me to verify and you learned the truth, that someone was imitating me. To be honest with you, it felt a little violating. Like someone was using my name, contacting my church people that I love, and trying to commit fraud against them. That felt violating, right? Have you ever had your name misused? Maybe someone has misrepresented you. Maybe someone has spread a false rumor. Maybe they've gossiped. Maybe they have put maybe they've harmed your reputation in some way. Does that feel good? No, right? I think in the same way when people misuse the Lord's name, it he he is displeased. He's not happy with this. He and I think he grieves at the way his name is tarnished and misused. The third commandment is incredibly important because it protects God's right to being represented truly and fairly. It protects his holy name. If you happen to be just joining us, whether you're here in person or online, uh, we're, we've been in a series, The Ten Commandments Today, How Ancient Laws Lead to a Flourishing Life. And this morning we're looking at the third commandment. What is the third commandment? Deuteronomy 5, verse 11. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now, there are many different translations of this commandment. We've heard the term, taking the Lord's name in vain. It it all means, it means to mean or to, to bear God's name for an unworthy purpose. It's misusing his name in any way. So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about why is God's name so important, How do we misuse God's name, and how do we honor God's name as holy? That's what we're going to do this morning. Why is his name important? How do we misuse it? How do we honor his name? So let's let's start at the beginning. Why is God's name so important? If you think about it, your name functions as your representative. Uh, In the second commandment, God said, don't make any images of me, don't make any idols, images of other gods. We're not to have a a visible representation of, of God. But the representation of God we do have is his name. I mean, think about it. This is how your own name functions. If someone mentions you in conversation, maybe you're not there. Uh, when they say your, say your name, they're not saying some empty word. They're not just, just saying syllables. It's calling to mind to everybody your, your identity, who you are, what they know about you, your character, your personality, what you've done, what you haven't done. Your name stands in your place to represent you 
to others. In fact, the Bible says, God calls each one of us by name. Isn't that amazing? God knows you. God knows your name. And so therefore, your name is a sacred thing. It is a holy thing. When someone says your name, it calls to mind your very being. When I say the name Levi Nathan Hickox, it calls to mind the human being who was born to my wife on February 3rd. When your name is said, it calls to mind who you are, who you were born to. The moment you were born, all your whole life up until now, that is what your name represents. It's an icon of the person that's been said. And if that is true about you, how much more is that true about God? His name. God's name represents him, his character, his eternal attributes, his deeds, and his power. Well, you might ask, well, what is God's name? You know, it's interesting, the Ten Commandments start out in uh, Deuteronomy 5, verse 6. says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. The whole Ten Commandments begin by God identifying himself. This is who I am. This is my name. This is what I've done. And whenever you see that word Lord in all capitals in your English Bibles, it is, stands for the Hebrew word Yahweh, which is the name God revealed to Moses. I think I've said this before, but let me recap it again. Let's go to Exodus 3. There we go. Just one more. Just one more. Can we go to the next slide? Are we frozen up? Maybe we're missing it. Okay, right scripture. Not Romans, but Exodus. Okay. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. I mean, that's basically God's last name. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. That God. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. That I am who I am. That's, the, again, the Hebrew for Yahweh. A powerful na- name. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. It calls to mo- mind God, God's life-giving power, his e- eternal nature. He alone is the only being that has life in himself. He is the reason all things bright and beautiful exist. All the life you see around us, all the life of this universe, your life as Paul said, in him we, we live, we move, and we have our very being. And God said, this is the name that we shall call him forever. It's actually used some 6,000 times or so in the, in the Old Testament. And you might be wondering, well, why don't we use that name very much? If that's what the Hebrew is, why don't we hear that, you know, the word Yahweh more? Well, it's probably because of the third commandment. God's people did not want to be even accidentally guilty of breaking the third commandment. And they considered God's name so special, so holy and sacred, that they refused to even pronounce it as many Orthodox Jews believe today. So for the ancient Jewish scholar or rabbi, as they were reading the Old Testament text and they got to the word Yahweh, they would instead say the word Adonai, the word, Hebrew word for Lord. And so follow me, follow me on this. This is, this, we're getting into the weeds on this, but it's, it's, it's important. Before the time of Jesus, the Old Testament was translated from Hebrew into Greek in a version of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. 
This was actually the Bible that Jesus and the apostles were familiar with. When Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, he's quoting from the Greek version. So when those scholars translated God's holy name Yahweh into Greek, they followed that tradition of not pronouncing it, but so instead they used the Greek word kurios, the word for Lord. So now, when Jesus Christ came into this universe, when he died on the cross, when he rose from the dead, the early church had to figure out how do we explain this? How do we refer to Jesus? What is his identity? In some ways, what is the name of Jesus? What do we call him? And we know that the earliest Christian confession is Jesus is kurios. Jesus is Lord. Jesus, this, this is much more than saying Jesus is an authority figure, some authority figure in your life. This is saying that Jesus is the same Lord, the same Yahweh that we met in the Old Testament. He is the eternal God come into our world to save us. The Lord of God's people, the Lord of Israel, is also the same Lord and head of the church. Calling Jesus Lord is calling him by God's name. This is how radical the gospel was and how radical the gospel is. To say Jesus is Lord is identifying him with I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, who brought you out of slavery. And that's why when the Apostle Thomas, after the resurrection, remember he falls down after seeing the, the scars in his hands and he says, my Lord and my God. Because to call him Lord is to identify him with the eternal God. And as Jonathan read earlier in worship, God exalted him to the highest place. He gave him the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's identified with this God, the Lord who brought us out of Egypt, the Lord who made the world. This is all to the glory of God the Father. And as the church began to identify Jesus as Lord, as God, they further learned to develop language to talk about Jesus sending the Spirit. And they learned to talk about this God and identify him as a triune God who is revealed to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So all of these forms of God's name are sacred. They function as his representative when we, when we refer to God, when we talk about God, when we pray to him, when we praise him, and so on. So all the ways that we refer to God, one true God, they must be tr treated with great respect and dignity, including the word God. So that's why God's name is so important. It describes his very identity and being and who he is. So let's talk about how, how do we misuse God's name? How, how do we typically break this commandment? The commandment itself is broad. It's not specific because there are so many ways that we can break this commandment. It's applied to a lot, of, a lot of things, including cursing, perjury, unnecessary oaths, misrepresenting God by, by word or deed, being a silent bystander in the face of evil, and many more. This is the, this is the wash our words part of the sermon. So let's, let's talk about a few. We'll start a little bit basic, but the, the first one would be irreverent use. Um, let's just, let's kind of get this basic point out of the way. Christians ought to avoid using God's name in flippant or careless ways. Um, I would encourage you to rid yourself, if you have the habit, uh, out of saying, oh my God, just out of mere habit. I know many of us might be guilty of that. Or God forbid, using Jesus' name as, as a profanity or calling upon God to damn something. 
I would suggest these are improper uses for God's name. And you might say, Pastor Nate, are we really talking about this? Is this really that big of a deal? I mean, you tell me. What does the Bible say? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. God says it's a big deal. God says there there is some vague threat of of punishment. He's not going to hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So if you're in the habit, find other ways of exclaiming your shock or your surprise. And if you use the titles God, Lord, and Jesus to worship, I would highly encourage you to not use them for any irreverent purpose. So we got that one out of the way. Let's talk about also false oaths. I remember as a kid, for some reason, it was popular to say, I swear to God. To try to bolster the trustworthiness of something that I was trying to say, but obviously wasn't true. Now, oaths were an important part of sustaining society and the legal system and things like that, and you could argue that's, that's still the case today. But to attach God's name to something that is false was considered a grave sin. In fact, in the Hebrew Bible, the translation of this commandment is simply, you shall not swear falsely by the name of the Lord your God. Do not attach the Lord's name to any false statement of any kind, especially an oath you might swear. We're going to say more about false witnessing when we get to commandment number nine, so I'm not going to spend too much time here. But whenever we mention the Lord's name or his word, anything regarding God, we ought to be careful to be sincere and honest and truthful. Which leads me to the third way that we often misuse his name would be false teaching. This was a consistent concern both through the Old and New Testaments. And even yet today, prophets in the old days, they would say, thus saith the Lord. The Lord is saying this. The Lord says this. And it would put the Lord's name on something that wasn't true, that was false. It would put the Lord's reputation or stamp of approval on something that was ungodly or unholy. Teaching something false and calling it God's word is a big misuse of his name. It's not easy to hold fast to the truth when the world around us does not, when the truth is unpopular or perhaps people have a hostile reaction to it. And it's it's stuck with me to this day. I remember in my my preparation for ordination uh, with Evangelical Covenant Church, I had to take four different courses because I didn't go to North Park. And I had to read a bunch of stuff. And one of the articles I read was by Eugene Peterson. And he was talking about ordination and, and, he, and he compared it to uh, that famous story um, where Odysseus is traveling through the sea in a ship. And he's warned about this, the songs of the sirens. Somebody know what I'm talking about? The sirens were these, these beautiful women of the sea who had this, this amazing music. This amazing music that would just lure people towards them. You almost couldn't resist it. You would hypnotically follow the the sound of the siren. But Odysseus was warned about this. And so he had all the men in the ship put the wax in their ears. And Odysseus, he still wanted, he wanted to hear this beautiful music. But he didn't want to follow, you know, fall trapped to the lure. So he asked the men on the boat to tie him down, lash me to the mast. And no matter how hard I plead, no matter how loudly I scream, do not let me get off this mass. In fact, I want you to tie the ropes tighter so that I do not steer our ship and be shipwrecked on the shores of the siren. <laughs> Eugene Peterson says, this is what you're doing in ordination. You're asking the church 
to tie you down to the mass of the word of God. You still need to hear what the world's saying. You still need to hear what the false teachers are saying. And it's going to be captivating. It's going to be luring. But you need the church. You need the people on the boat to tie you down to the mast of the word of God. Because the reality is it's not just for my sake. It's not just for the pastor's sake. It's for all of our sakes. So that we are not lured by the songs of the siren and shipwreck the church, shipwreck our faith and the faith of many. I'm thankful for that accountability because I know I need it. But you know, Odysseus couldn't do it alone. Everyone on the ship had to be on the same page of we all want to be tied to the mass of the word of God, amen? So we all need to have that in our mind of we're all setting sail for a kingdom come. We're hearing the songs of the siren, they're tempting, they're luring, but I'm setting sail in one direction and I hope you hold me to it. I hope we hold ourselves to it. I hope we hold all of us to it. False teaching, it misrepresents God. It misrepresents his word. It misrepresents his will, his commandments. It's a misuse of his name. We ought to be careful about it. A fourth and final way that we misuse God's name is just, I couldn't think of any other phrase but calling it selfish use. Sometimes we use God's name for selfish ends. I think you'll, you'll especially see uh, leaders or politicians who will quote the Bible or use God's name or they use the term, term, this is the biblical way that we are. They, they, trying to use God's name to garner support for something that is unholy, maybe even for a violent uh, proposal of some kind. And if we're honest, sometimes we also will use God's name to get what we want. You'll see Christians play the God card, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I think it's really important to follow the leading and discernment of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the six covenant affirmations. I'm consciously depending upon the Holy Spirit. Uh, But discernment is not always easy, and it's not always clear. And sometimes I think that we are too quick to make God the reason for our decisions and to put the blame on Him for actions that we take or actions that we don't take. I mean, Christians will falsely say, well, I'll pray about it in order to get out of something they don't want to do. And, it, and then they, they don't pray about it. Well, we're, what are we doing? We're putting the blame on God for something we don't want to do. I remember one time I was living somewhere, somewhere different in Indiana and I was praying about, there was an event in my neighborhood uh, with a bunch of people I didn't know. And I was praying about, like, Lord, do you want me to go to this event? Uh, this would be a great opportunity to, you know, to, to love my neighbors and to witness and I just don't know whether I should go or not. And I feel like the Holy Spirit said, said and I don't want to take God's name in vain, but I was, it was like, what are you doing? Why am I even praying about this? Like the Lord already revealed to me, you shall be my witness. Do I really need to ask for like God's name to be behind this decision? Just make the decision or not. You know, I've even, <laughs> I've even, seen, I've even seen people use God's name to make a breakup with a boyfriend or girlfriend. You ever experienced that? So you college students, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, that's like oh, I, I prayed about it and I just feel like, I just feel like the Lord told me to, you know, to break off our relationship. It's like, what are you doing? Okay, maybe the Lord did. I, 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 God can lead in those directions, but can I just simply say, sometimes it's better just to speak for yourself. <laughs> you don't need to drag the Lord's name in everything that you do Yet maybe the Lord did lead you, maybe he didn't, 
but you can just speak for yourself. If there's something you don't want to do, just, you know what, uh, this doesn't work for me right now, I'm sorry. You can just speak plainly and honestly instead of dragging the Lord's name into everything you do or don't do. And so this, I think this is important, and I, and I don't want you to be afraid of saying, I feel the Lord is leading me or I'm sensing the leading of the Spirit. Those are good things to say, but that's why we do those things in community. We say, I'm sensing God is leading me to do this or that. What do you think? Am I on track? I don't want to presume, you know, the voice or the blessing of God in, in, all, in all kinds of things. So let's just be careful that we're not using God's name just to simply get what we want. So that's how we misuse God's name. How do we honor God's name? If there is a wrongful use, there is a proper use. The Lord's Prayer, again, is connected to the Ten Commandments. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name be honored as holy. May it be treated as, sa- treated as sacred. There are three simple ways I want to encourage you to honor the Lord's name. To praise, prayer, and bear. Praise, prayer, and bear. Let's talk about praise. I've got some scriptures on the screen for you. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So this idea that I'm I'm always praising God, I'm always thanking God, I'm his, his name is always on my lips in a positive, life-giving way. When you receive good news, when you appreciate the beauty of the world around you, uh, when things are going well, take the opportunity to thank God and praise Him, even out loud. These, these short prayers help us honor God's name. We also treat God's name when we sing to Him, when we worship together as a community, we praise His name. We honor God's name through praise. We also honor God's name through prayer. When we call upon His name, in time of need. For centuries, the Orthodox Church has taught their people a very simple prayer they call the Jesus Prayer. And I might commend this to you. Something they pray throughout the day. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This comes almost directly out of Scripture. And it's a very clear calling upon His name. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. When you're feeling tempted, when you're feeling distraught, when you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed, when you need help at work or help at a meeting, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what to say, when you're not sure how to handle what's coming at you, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Or simply, Lord, have mercy. Another form of prayer that I'd like to mention is the making of the sign of the cross. Um, this, is, this is not a Catholic practice. In fact, Martin Luther commended this to parents and children in his uh, commentary on this. Christians have been do- making the sign of the cross nearly since the very beginning of the church for centuries. Uh, the sign of the cross, it's not a superstition in any way. It's a prayer to dedicate and commit any activity in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a way to, to perhaps begin your day or end your day. It's a, it's a way to begin any activity, to call upon the name of the Lord, the Father, Son, and Spirit, to express your dependence upon Him in anything. Why? Because it's a prayer in His name. It's a prayer in His name. You know, gestures help us pray. 
The Psalms are filled with all kinds of admonitions to use different gestures. Raise your hands, clap your hands, bow down to the Lord. Let's bend our knees to the Lord our God. The sign of the cross is a time-tested way for almost 2,000 years that Christians have developed the habit of calling upon God's name in time of need. And so I just want to simply give you the freedom to practice that. And you may see me do it from time to time. I don't want you to think I'm being weird or superstitious. I'm making a heartfelt prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we praise, we prayer, and we bear God's name to the world. We carry the name of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere we go. The, the biblical scholar Daniel Block, he said that this passage could also be translated, you shall not bear or carry the name of Yahweh your God emptily. He says the idiom derives from the ancient practice of branding slaves with the name of their owner. To bear the name of Yahweh means to claim him as one's owner and to accept the role of representing him. God wants to be represented truly, fairly, rightly. In fact, this is what you were made for. You were made in his image to reflect his goodness, his life-giving power, his love to the world around you. And now, as a part of the people of God, you are branded with the name of the Lord your God. How were you baptized? You were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You are baptized into this name. This is now your identity. This is whom you belong to. This is who you represent. And oh, what grace it is that a sinner like me, a sinner like us, are branded with this holy name, that we carry this name with us to represent this holy name to the world around us. If you call yourself a Christian, you're calling yourself a little Christ, a little representation of Jesus, everywhere you go. And that's why the Apostle Paul, he said this in Colossians, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So friends, may the Holy Spirit give us the grace to represent his name faithfully, truthfully, in all that we say, in all that we do, thanking God for the grace and privilege to bear this powerful, beautiful name to the world around us.